Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bully Ray, and welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the return of the Hall of Fame and pain with myself and the world's strongest man, fellow Hall of Famer, Mark Henry. I mean, we are loaded up today. So many things to get into. We're going to get you ready for Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Can they once again hit the reset button? We're getting ready for the horror show at Extreme Rules. Lots of stuff going on. What exactly is a swamp match? And who will lose an eye? Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio? Lots of stuff on the AEW end. Going to get Mark's take on how he feels about the FTW Championship, the match between Brian Cage and John Moxley, and Ta- how Taz has been doing uh, featuring Moxley. So much going on, so much to talk about. Calls from the nation, all of Mark's opinions. Oh, and by the way, me too. Bully Ray, Mark Henry on the Busted Open podcast. Turn it up. Extreme Rules this Sunday. Lots of very different matches. There's the eye for the eye match. There's the swamp match. Um, We got a couple of, I guess, regular matches, so to speak. For the nation, I'd like to know what match are you looking forward to the most give us a call let us know why but what about you mark are there any of these different like we we know with the eye for an eye match that the object of the match is to pop out an eye pop out your opponent's eye which i'm really interested to see how they're going to do and then with the swamp match we really don't know too much about it do you think it's going to be shot uh like they did aj and taker do you think they're so. actually going to be in a swamp? Like, what do that's, you got? That's that's what I think. I, I, I'm I'm that's the match that I'm the most excited about because I want to see alligators, I want to see crocodiles, I want to see somebody, you know, grabbed and about to be thrown in a moat full of like I, I want to struggle. I want a real fight, and I don't have to see anybody get thrown to the alligators to, you know, get my jollies, but I'm just saying, I I, I want to see the tease of it. Like, I, I think that would be awesome. 
Once again, I keep going back to the word interesting because I am interested to see how the WWE is going to handle it. A swamp match. Uh, The eye for an eye thing is is intriguing because they they basically got to poke somebody's eye out. Or they they got to do something Kill Bill esque where you know somebody gets hit in the back of the head or somebody gets their eye plucked out so, something like that and maybe we even get the uh, the Dominic turn here are are you interested in seeing Dominic turn on his father and becoming a disciple of Seth Rollins in any way shape or form? Wow, um, I thought about that at one point and I all I could think of was. How much longer does Ray have? And is this a way that you can get a father versus son match? So when I thought about it, I said, you know what? That would actually be different. That would be, I mean, it's happened before. I'm sure. I can't remember right offhand. But I can equate it to, you know, LeBron James's son is really good. Uh, he's starting to get that kind of buzz that LeBron got when he was in co- in high school. Um, I think it would be cool to see LeBron play against his son. And I think that's the same thing that I see with Ray Mysterio and Dominic. I think it, if it happened and Dominic turned and caused his father to to uh, to lose and get his mask pulled off and they did something where it looked like a plucked his eye out and he joined Seth Rollins and down the road him and his father had a match against each other I'd be all into it Uh, I I believe I heard um, an interview in which either Ray said or maybe even Dominic said that they wanted Dominic's first match to be against Ray, he wanted to wrestle his dad in his first match. I think this would be an interesting way to do it, especially if Seth finds the the right way to turn Ray to the dark side. Uh, I think it's a story that people can relate to, you know, uh, disagreeing with a family member or a son, not necessarily listening to the dad and being influenced by somebody else. I mean, I remember a couple of episodes of Raw, probably a couple of weeks ago, where Dominic showed up to help his dad and right. Ray and Ray got mad at Dominic. Yeah. And pushed him back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you were Dominic's age or if I'm Dominic's age, you think to yourself, wait, dad, I came here to help you. I wanted to fight with you. I wanted to be by your side. And now you're yelling at me. And there's Seth Rollins just stirring the pot going. Yeah. You know, you came here and tried to do the right thing for your dad. And all your dad can do is chastise you. Uh, that's that that's that emperor kind of Luke Skywalker-esque yeah. stirring the pot, putting your finger in somebody's brain, mixing it up a little bit and get them to think the way you want them to think. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna ever tell you to stop. I'm I would never push you back, Dominic. I would never tell you to slow down out of fear of thinking that you would be faster than me, that you would be better than I am. I want to see you grow. Oh, I can see it, man. Like this, you talk about some dark emperor, Star Wars type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pour and, it on. I'd love to see them go down the route of Seth telling Dominic that, 
your dad knows you're faster than him. Your dad knows that you're better than him. Like he wasn't nearly, that would have been the last thing, Mark. And your dad knows that you have the one thing that he has never had. The one thing that truly held him back his entire career. He never had size. Dominic, you are what your father always wanted to be. Just plant that seed in the kid's head Planet. and water it every once in a while, and you know, and, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of the storytelling I'd like to see them, you know, the direction they go in with uh, with Seth, Ray, and Dominic. A uh, bunch of other uh, matches on this card, and probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most, and I think these women have been doing a phenomenal job since Charlotte has uh, taken a leave of absence. I'm really looking forward to Asuka versus Sasha Banks because I think both of them are going to shine really hard. I think there's going to, if they give them the right amount of time, they have a chance to steal the show. And once again, Sasha can go out there and prove how damn good she is. Man, you think about the matches. I, I think it was 17, like 2017 when... Uh, Sasha and Bailey had that match that was so good. Um, the the match that that Sasha had with Oscar, unbelievable match. And I, I I'm just wondering when are, when are we gonna stop not putting Sasha where she belongs, which is you know on that top three. Uh, I don't. I don't know if. I mean, you, you, Charlotte, Oscar. She's right there. She's right there with the best two female wrestlers I think in the world, in any company, and they're. I look forward to seeing how she's gonna do it, rather than just the fact that she's gonna have the match, like. It could be the main event. You, you, you know, do you agree? Uh, I, it, I believe so. I think it would be. I think it uh, would be the best wrestled match on the show. I think. I think that uh, that Dolph and Drew are going to have a really great match just because Dolph is that damn good, and he'll put the false yeah. finishes in the right spot, and the psychology will be good. But I think Sasha and Oscar, given the right time absolutely could be the main event, absolutely could be the best match. And let me ask you this, Mark, because I've never talked to you about this. Every once in a while, I see on social media, fans will tweet, how come Mark doesn't like Sasha? And I was like, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never spoke to Mark about this. Do you see a weakness in Sasha's game? Do you think Sasha has not reached her potential? Is there a reason why you may or may not have been high on her? No, I've, I've not. I've never bashed her at all. Uh, hell, there's a picture of her and my daughter on my refrigerator. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why. I'm, I, 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 get I don't know where fans I, get that from. I, I, I've been. Uh, Sasha left the company and went away for a while. And it was not wrestling related. It was business related. And I can understand that. I've been there myself. Who am I to judge somebody that's done something that I did? Um, 
it's the opportunity. Some of the best matches I've seen, I've talked about that before. When Sasha and Ronda Rousey had the match where she put the the thing on the string on her wrist and forearm on Ronda's through Ronda's mouth and around her face, I, I was like, man, that's I like that. I talk about the matches she had when when Charlotte, uh, everybody forgets when Charlotte first came to the WWE from NXT. The matches that she had that made everybody go, holy shit, were with Sasha. And, we, and, and I talked about that. I don't know where that came from. I, I've always been high on her. I just, if I ever had a, a, a point where uh, I thought she should have, I probably said she should have come back, that she shouldn't have left. I mean, you know, you don't take your ball and go home because stuff is not right. Uh-huh. You, wor- uh-huh. you work through it. And then when you work through it, then people will see your greatness. But if you're gone, you're confirming that you're not who they want you to be. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. One of the game's greats is Nick Revolt has a great connection to America because the love of his life is from... She's from Texas. First of all, how did you meet? There are two versions to this story, and my version is we met in Vegas. Her version is we met in Nevada. Right. So, so one... <laughs> Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6pm Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant or however you stream in the house. Last night, I put up a poll uh, for the nation, and I said, uh, you know, which... Which pay-per-view are you looking forward to the most? And Extreme Rules won, but it was only 53 to 47%. So think about it. A WWE pay-per-view only slightly edged out an impact pay-per-view. So I kind of I, I, I kind of see your point of view where I think if they were head-to-head and there was a rating involved, it would be an interesting outcome. And what I'm, what's really interesting to me and what I'm looking forward to is these surprises. I think Impact has done a great job of promoting this event. Uh, the talent has done a great job of promoting this event. And you never know the, these surprises that may come. Um, they may draw long-term fans back in. Hey, you know, this was a great pay-per-view. I think I'm going to see what happens next week. You never know. They may have a couple aces up their sleeve. Yeah, never know. Thanks for the call, Wes. Appreciate it. I know another Wes that lives down in Jacksonville. Old buddy of mine. Wink, wink. Let's go out to uh, Jeremy in Florida. Jeremy, what do you got on the table today? What do you want to talk about? Hey, good morning, guys. It's been a while. Morning, man. Um, yeah, morning, Mark. Guys, ever since uh, Cody Rose won the TNT Championship, um. His wrestling style has become more and more aggressive. Um, have you guys noticed this? Because I'm not sure if I can understand why he's more aggressive, or and I'm not sure I can even approve of his more aggressive behavior. Um, for two reasons. One, Cody is the face and founder of AEW, so I'm not sure if there would be backlash because of that. I doubt that. But um, to me, Cody Rhodes is such a great wrestler that he doesn't need this aggressive style just to uh, be uh, to win the TNT, keep the TNT championship. Um, is this bothering you guys, or have you guys noticed this? What do you got? What are your thoughts on on his aggressive 
style in wrestling. Well, I'm I'm not bothered by it at all. I think that he has to. When you're the champion and you you send out the banner, I'm taking all comers. You bring it, and I show up, and we go for the title. When you you he puts his title on the on the line every week, every week. Why would he go in with the and and and, and we're gonna get we're gonna get back to this again when we talk about Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic. The aggressive nature that I, I, I had to go and rinse my mouth out after watching Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic. It was such a sweet and fruit. I mean, it was sweet, man. I was sucking my teeth like I had syrup in my mouth. But I have a funny feeling you mean sweet in a bad way, not a good way. Sweet in, in a bad way. Yes, definitely. And um, me being critical about something does not mean that I dislike the people or that I'm discrediting the people. I'm just saying from one heater to another, I want to see Dominic Dajakovic and I want to see Keith Lee have the match that they had when I came on and said, I can't wait for this match because even though they were friends, they were trying to take each other out. And we didn't get that on Wednesday. And so going forward, Cody is doing this because he has to. He's going to get that, that title taken from him on TV. He's the TV champion. That means every week you're going to get challenged for the title. And every week you have a different person coming to try to bring their name up to the forefront of pro wrestling and using you as a stepping stool. What would your mentality be if somebody was trying to knock your ass out? And Mark, it sounds like Jeremy is a big Cody Rhodes fan. Um, I don't think that Cody's been overly aggressive. I think what Jeremy, Jeremy means is Cody has put his toe in heel waters over the past couple of weeks. But he's there. hugging the guys afterwards. He's beating them, and then he's thanking them. Thank, thank you for the competitive match. I appreciate you stepping up, knowing you what like, you're getting you like yourself that or not? into. Do you like that or it. not? I love it. And I think that, Jeremy, I think you should love it. You should want to see your champion defend the title. You don't have to defend it every 30 days. Defend it every week. <laughs> defend it. He's defending it every week. And you should, that, that, everybody should be applauding Cody Rhodes for that because it's been probably since the mid-90s when guys were the TV champions at WWE and WCW and other companies where every week they had to go. They had to have the best match on the show. Sometimes it was the main event. So uh, I'm, I'm a you got to stand up. Don't don't be mad at Cody for for being aggressive. He's he's putting it when they're on the ground. He's sticking his hand out to pick him up at the end. That's honor and respect. 
The experts of MLB Network Radio. When you get fooled by a pitch, you think, okay, let me wait longer. Steve Phillips. And then what ends up happening is you wait too long for the foot striding forward, hitting the ground, the hands going back. You then rush to get to everything, and the only way to get there is to pull off the ball to try to get your hands through, and the outer third of the plate is lost to you. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio, Sirius 209, XM 89, and on the Sirius XM app. Taz and Brian Cage, which has been a big topic here on the show, but I don't think myself and you have ever talked about it. Last night on the phone, you told me that this is something you definitely had an opinion on, definitely wanted to talk about. Mark, I'll let you start anywhere you want. Um, Basically, I don't know if you want to start with the match, the promos, day one, the FTD FTW Championship. How do you feel the relationship or the pairing of Taz and Brian Cage has gone so far? How do you like the build of their characters and stories? How did you like the match against Moxley? What do you think of the FTW Championship? Yada, yada. The floor is yours. Okay, not mad at the match between Mox and Brian Cage. Really, I mean, there were some some things in there that, you know, could have been ironed out, but Neither one of those guys have had a match in a month. So I'm going to give them a grace. Um, but the one thing that I have, two things I have a problem with. Cage first. It's Cage's fault that Taz is looking stronger and looking um, uh, more dominant than he is. Because he is the principal. He should tell Taz, hey, say what you got to say and then fall back. I'm going to step in front of you and I'm going to take the stage. I think Brian is comfortable letting Taz talk, thinking that the heat is going to fall on him somehow. It's going to rub off. And I tell people all the time, talent does not rub off. It's not contagious. You, you can't catch it. You have got to take it by force because the people that know how to get it, the last thing they're thinking is relinquishing power to somebody else. So Brian Cage and anybody that knows him, Tell him to step in front of Taz and tell, and tell Taz, look, okay, you said enough. I got this. And let Brian be the one that looks into the camera and says, Moxley, Taz so eloquently put what I have to say to you, and that was that I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to take that raggedy arm of yours that you had repaired that people massaged and rubbed on, and I'm going to beat on it. I'm going to pull it to, it it hurts. I'm going to pull it till you quit. And then you throw the towel in. And rather than Brian Cage being like, oh, damn, rejected that he lost, he needs to get on Taz's ass. I don't care what he says. You don't throw the towel in. I die on my shield. 
if he's going to tear it, tear it, I don't quit and you don't quit on me or your ass won't be with me the next time I walk to this ring. You get it? Now it's something altogether different. And I think that some of it is sitting and there's an over, a overwhelming respect factor. And, and listen, I respect my elders. I respect the people that came before me. But the people that when we go on TV, the people that, that I respect that I'm working with, they know that the point is to get me a, across, to get me over. And if that person don't know that, then you got to tell them. And why would you get a title like the, the title that Taz built and made such an unbelievable ECW iconic moment, memory, and then you just gratuitously just take it? Uh, for me, oh, thanks, Taz. This it's cool. No. Man, I, I would have ran around the arena. I'd have put it in people's face. You see what I got? You see what I got? Like, shit. That's like you being, you receiving the 10 pounds of gold and you're not, give, you're not reacting to it. There's a bunch of things that need to be looked at talked about if you have to rehearse it rehearse it because i want to know what the reaction is going to be so i can say no no it's got to be greater than that and and that is where jim we talked about jim ross there's people that don't want to listen that think that they already know there's people that 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 they're over already they know that I'm, i'm over people like me my finish is this your finish don't mean shit if the people that are great don't put it over. It don't mean nothing. Oh, I got this fancy dive off the top, twisting elbow, and man, it don't mean nothing if I kick out of it. At one. At one. So do the right things. And I think that that is not, I'm not just talking about, now I'm not talking, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm generalizing. I don't want people to think that I'm talking about Brian Cage and Moxley. I'm talking, this is general information for all, encompasses all pro wrestling. But getting back to Cage, he's got to respect who he is and his position and where they're booking him and act accordingly. You're not an asshole if you stand up for yourself. You're trying to build the business that I love, and you're one of the dominant characters in it. Act like it. Own it. And Taz, uh, there's not anybody that I look at from a, a manager, out of all the managers that exist in pro wrestling, not one that I think is more a real live heater than Taz. He's proven Taz will punch you in the face. But you have to relinquish some of that angst and power to the person 
that's standing behind you and push them in the back. That that's just my my take on it. Okay, so there are there are certain things I agree with you with, and there's a little part that I kind of disagreed with, but I'm going to bring it full circle. As a veteran who's been brought in as a manager to talk for somebody, you have to take your ego and you have to throw it to the wayside. You have to realize that it's all about the other person, the other person that cannot talk that you have been brought in to talk for. Thus, you have been brought in to get this person over, just like Captain Lou got the Wild Samoans over and just like Freddie Blassie got talent over, the Grand Wizard, yada, yada, just like Harley Race did for Vader, just like like uh, Paul does for Lesnar. If you have a talent that's not smart enough to stand in front of the camera and keep his shirt off, you have to be the one to force that talent to stand in front of the camera. You can't stand in front of the camera yourself. And I have been saying this from day one. And then to hear JR back it up on the show also, and basically JR said, well, I really don't care what Taz thinks. And, um, you know, Taz standing in the forefront, making him seem bigger than Brian Cage is a is something that I think Taz is doing wrong. And he's been doing it for too many weeks. It's becoming too much about him and Taz's great promos. I have said on the show, there's nobody better on the microphone than Taz. Taz is amazing. Taz can verbally cut you to shreds. He has anger. He has angst. He has believability. He has all of those things that made that FTW championship so credible 20, 25 years ago. But he's got to put it all on cage. Yep. But the other day, when I saw Taz hand cage the FTW championship, and Cage was so flippant about it, and it was just like, oh yeah, this is cool. Then oh. I was like, then I was like, you know what, Brian? Screw you. The heat is on you. Because if you're just gonna sit there with your thumbs in your pocket and you're gonna be like, oh cool, look at the nice shiny belt that Taz had made for himself 25 years ago that he gave to me. That should have been like a moment like when when the guy made when the guy that made the sword in Kill Bill handed Hattori Hanzo. When Hattori Hanzo handed the the sword to Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, it should have been a moment like Holy shit. Nobody gets to hold this. And we didn't get that. We got we got a very millennial-esque, oh yeah, that's cool. I probably deserve this anyway. No big deal. I'll raise it over my head. So I think they could have done a lot more with the FTW championship. I think they burned through that story entirely too quickly. Mox yeah. tap, uh, didn't tap. Mox didn't get beat. But Taz said that that belt was about a renegade. It was renegade shit. And Brian Cage is the machine. And Brian Cage is this. And Brian Cage is that. And Brian Cage is the killer. Well, you threw the towel in on your killer. And then your killer was up two seconds later trying to beat the crap out of Moxie. Too many things didn't make sense to me, Mark. And um, I know we talk about it a lot. The referees hold it back. I'd never in my life have been held back by referees. Brian Cage, about six foot one, six foot two, 285 pounds, jacked to the nines, and he's being held back by a referee. Would you ever allow that? Pound dude. Hell no. Hell no. You better Why? send. Why not? Why 20 not? 20 refs. You need to have all the wrestlers come out of the back. Everything to keep me. The cops need to come out with the tasers. You got to do everything you could do to keep me from getting to that person. 
or have me bump out and now I'm on the floor and you're fending me off because you got the high ground. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mark, we saw Taz get right up in Moxley's face, nose to nose with him, you know, and then and then uh, Cage jumped him. I don't think there can be a payoff with Taz. I don't know if Taz can do any type of physicality. So if you're a talent, if you're Mark Henry, and you know that there's no way in hell you can do physicality with John Moxley, are you going to put the champion in a position to look the way he did, knowing that he could never get his receipt on you? No, I'm not. I'm going to do that with my guy. I'm going to go and have my guy get in his face and threaten to kick his ass. And then me get down on all fours behind him and have my guy push his ass over and beat the shit out of him. I'm going to help put him at a deficit. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Mark, I, I mean, Brody Lee. Cry uh, every time I think about him. Lance Archer, Brian Cage. I know we've spent enough time on Cage. Archer and Brody Lee, two big men who can work, who can go. Where do you think they sit in the company right now? What kind of future do they have? And do you think they're being used to their fullest potential? They are not being used to the fullest extent. Um, Brody Lee, I was expecting to be battling with Cody every week for the title. Uh, I think that still the opportunity is there uh, to have him just to say, listen, you're wrestling all these people you really know you can beat. Why don't you face somebody that can actually kick your ass and take that title from you? And then now you can have... <laughs> The murder hogs say, oh, so you're talking about me. And then you can have them guys go through each other to see who gets to go. And then Cody could get involved. You can make it a three-way dance. And then you can, like, there's so many things that you can do. It's just hard, I think, for people to keep everything on task because, you know, I believe in a, in a three-month system. I believe three months out, the stuff has got to last for three months. If it don't, if it if it can't go that long, then don't do it. Yesterday, Ryan McKinnell was talking about Kenny Omega, and Ryan is a huge Kenny Omega fan. And he said it looks like with this whole story within the elite that they might turn Kenny heel. 
and and Ryan said, "Oh, I'd love to see that aggressive side of Kenny. You know that more." you know, that more badass side to Kenny. And I said, you don't need to turn Kenny heel to do that. I said, what you need is a heel for Kenny to bring it out of him. You need a big, bad mother trucking heel that can breathe down Kenny's neck. I think the one guy that they have there right now that can do that is Lance Archer. And Lance, who has wrestled in Japan, who has probably, you know, is very familiar with Kenny's style, with what Archer has done so far and what he can do, I would love to see Lance Archer put Kenny Omega in a corner and force Kenny to fight. Do you like that? Do you like that dynamic? Do you like that matchup? And do you think they need to be doing more with a guy with a monster like Lance Archer? They definitely need to do more, Bully. I mean, they've got to do more. We we talked about, like, all of these guys that they come around and then, boom, they disappear. Like, Lance Archer, the the jury is, you know, it's, it's not closed. Like, we're still in court with this. Like, put the guy in there and let him go. Same thing, same thing with Brody Lee, like, they're not foregone conclusions that they can that they're going to be okay or they're not. Let them let them work. They need to they need reps. They need minutes on the air for the the people to get behind them or or get a big big go against them. Do you, do you think that there's a chance like uh, like Garza said, Brian Cage, Lance Archer, Brody Lee? Those are the th- probably the three biggest guys there. Although Luchasaurus is a big guy doing all small man stuff. Do you think AEW is t- turning into or is going to be a smaller man territory where bigger guys will only be used sporadically? They go to, to get- die. I don't know, mate. Look at the three talents we're talking about. And you know what? I can't put Cage in the same category as Archer and Brody Lee. Brody Lee and Archer are much better workers and have much better psychology than Brian Cage. Brian Cage looks great and can do a lot of great stuff in the ring. We saw him do it at Impact. We saw him do it at Lucha Underground. He's doing moonsaults and 450s and 180s and triple lindies, stuff that guys his size shouldn't be able to do, but he's doing it. But when it comes to psychology and work rate, those other two guys really, really flourish. But are they on the back burner? Are they are they going to be playing second fiddle to the smaller guys in the company? I don't know. If the WWE was traditionally a big man company, is AEW going down the road of possibly being a smaller man company? It looks like it. I mean, I, I wouldn't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I love seeing uh, guys that are under six feet tall, uh, under 200 pounds, as long as they can captivate me. And I think that, like, Cody Cap is captivating. Um, there's, a, there's, there's guys, man, Hangman Adam Page, like, I want to see him in singles. Like, I like him. Oh, man, he, he's interesting. He's a tough guy. He works good. He's not bad looking. Not that I'm into, you know, cowboys or nothing. I'm just saying. Like, why is he not a focal point? I want to see, man, I'd love to see him in Brody Lee. I'd love to see him in the Murderhawk. 
Hell, I'd like to see him and Cody. I, I kind of like the story they're telling within the dark order of trying to recruit Colt Cabana, but I almost felt like the, I, I feel like two guys um, were affected by this whole coronavirus situation and were brought in or revealed quicker than I think they should have been. And that is Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. Um, right now, we have Matt Hardy basically almost in a managerial role for private party, uh, stepping up and being a six-man partner. We're seeing more of the Matt Hardy character than we're seeing the broken character, and it's the broken character that everybody has, want to, has wanted to see. I think we debuted the broken character, but with the lack of people in the audience, the broken character can only go so far. So right. they've had to rely on just Matt Hardy, which is totally fine. But it's almost like that broken character is kind of on the back burner now. With Brody Lee, they had to do the reveal without people there, which kind of takes the edge off of the reveal. And then we get a guy who seems to be mimicking, um, you know, Vince McMahon. The ex just the name, the exalted one. I love that so much because it's such a powerful name. Brody Lee, in my opinion, should not be selling for anybody unless that person is credible enough to sell for. Like a couple of weeks ago, I saw Brody Lee doing spots for the sake of spots with Sonny Kiss. I just don't think the character of Brody Lee should be doing that. I think the character of Brody Lee should be clotheslining Sonny Kiss's head off. Right. And and that's another thing. Like, you don't want to kill off uh, people just because you want people to be on TV. Like, you can have an interaction with people and, and a, a pull apart. Uh, you can have misdirection and do things like that without putting them in a match together and them having like a, a stereotypical one-on-one um, -on -one match. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm a Sonny Kiss fan when it comes to his work. And even the antics and everything, um, it's, there's a place for it. But not against Brody Lee. There's other people out there. I, I don't think many people should be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brody Lee. And the more people that fall to Brody Lee's feet, the more it's going to mean when somebody eventually takes him down. I don't want to see. I know Brody can do spots, and I know he's a good worker. We've put him over on this show to the moon about how everybody in WWE always loved working with him because he's so easy to work with. He's smooth in the ring, yada, yada. That doesn't mean I want to see his character taking Rana's from smaller guys. You're the exalted one. You should walk on water. Don't come off your feet for inconsequential dog shit. It's not going to mean anything. And that's why you have minions. Exactly. Well, why are they not used? They should have a match. The Dark Order shouldn't just be Brody Lee. It should be the, one of those minions needs to go out there and have a match against somebody and get their ass kicked and Brody Lee come out and browbeat the shit out of them and get heat. Can we do that? 
I mean, they, they've put their toe in the water with that. I have seen him take out his frustrations on the minions. But yes, I believe that. I believe Brody Lee's character should be, I, I don't know if it's, it's never too late, but I think from day one, he should have been ultra protective. Whenever he would pick up his hand, somebody should get dropped. I don't think we should just see him in inconsequential matches. We had this massive buildup to this guy. This guy should only be in matches when it absolutely means something. And, and listen, that's just my take. I don't work with but it's, it's valid. It's a valid take. It's you don't don't shit on your on your idea. That that is very valid. I I appreciate that. I'm not shitting on my idea. I'm just saying that I'm not trying to push my takes or my ideas on anybody, but I know how to protect guys. I, I Listen, we know how to protect guys. We know how to get guys over. And in getting other people over, we know how to get ourselves over. And if I know if I had the pencil in my hand and I had a talent like Brody Lee uh, um, in my sights, you're not coming off your feet. You're not registering. You're not selling. You are going to drop everybody until it means something because then when somebody finally takes the exalted one off their feet that person is going to be revered even bigger thanks for listening catch us monday through saturday on busted open from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the busted open podcast the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keep for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand